Welcome to the Clear Admit MBA Admissions Podcast. I'm your host, Graham Richmond, and in this special episode, we're going to do something that I've wanted to do for a really long time, and that's unpack the various types of MBA offerings that are out there. And it sounds simple, but the landscape is admittedly quite complex. Um, the goal here, from my perspective at least, is to, to help folks that are considering doing an MBA to have a full understanding of all the different program types, whether it's you know full-time, part-time, hybrid, online, I mean, there's just so many ways to slice this, even by you know where people are in their career. Um, now to tackle this, I've invited an old friend along. Um, his name is Chris Healy. Uh, his title is Head of MBA Marketing and Recruitment at Alliance Manchester Business School in the United Kingdom. So Chris, welcome to the show. Hi, Graham. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Um, and I knew I would need help in doing this and that you would be a good a good person for it. Before we dive in, would you be willing to just take a minute and let our listeners know a little bit about your background and why I kind of feel that you're a great person to help us unpack all this? Yeah, of course. Sounds good to me. So I've been working in business education for, what, probably about 15 years now. And in terms of my role at Alliance Manchester Business School, I look after our full-time MBA program. I have responsibility for some of our partnership MBA. So for example, we do a an online MBA with the Kelly School of Business in Indiana. And then also another part of my responsibility is to do with our global MBA programs, which is part of our professional MBA suite. So our global MBA is probably one of the one of the biggest professional MBA programs in the world where we recruit about six to seven hundred students every year, where we've got our campuses in Dubai. Hong Kong, Singapore, Shanghai, mm-hmm. as well as Manchester, of course. Right. <laughs> so I guess, so clearly a lot of different program types under your purview, which is sort of why I thought it'd be good to have you come on the show and, and talk about this stuff. So if we just sort of start at the very beginning, um, if you'll humor me, we can kind of start, you know, start with the basics. How would you describe the difference between just full-time MBA programs and part-time MBA programs? Yeah, it's an interesting one that because I always say to candidates, because there's a number of candidates that come to you and that's their first question, you know, should I do a full-time MBA and or should I do a part-time MBA? And I think, well, it's the first decision you need to make, but I also think it's it's the simplest decision. And the reason I say it's the simplest decision, because I think every individual should know in themselves where they're at at that point in their life. Because a full-time MBA is a big, big commitment. It means, you know, often leaving your job and often moving to a new country. You know, it's a big commitment. And then a part-time type of programme is one that will allow you to continue to work in your career. So I think it's, you know, a very simple distinction between both and one that people should think of. And I think, I personally think it is an easy decision to make because you know where you stand at that stage in your, in your life. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. So, okay. So yeah, so full-time, you're obviously going to be leaving some stuff behind in order to be able to do it. Um, part-time, yeah, you can continue to work and such, but you know, we have these two broad categories, but then they're also different, I guess what I would call age or experience targets. So I don't know if you'd be willing, but I, I wanted you to walk me through each of the following. So you have like, you know, kind of young professional type program offerings, which I think tend to be full-time, you know, so full-time MBA type stuff, maybe even specialized masters. 
And then there are programs that I guess I would think of as being sort of for working professionals. Um, and then I also feel like there's maybe another bucket here, and I'll let you decide if it's if I'm getting this right, but the other bucket could be kind of executive type MBA programs, which again, you're working, but maybe a little different than a working professional type MBA. But I don't know if you can walk us through these three sort of flavors so we can understand. Yeah. And I think the way you approach that question is how I think I used to look at the MBA landscape about 10 to 15 years ago, where there was a specific distinction between a full-time student, a working professional, an executive MBA student. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, I really think there's a lot of blurred lines, you know, Graham. And the reason I say that is 10 years ago, some someone would send me a copy of their CV and I could look at it within, within a few minutes and go, this candidate is definitely going to be wanting to do a full-time MBA. And I'd say, you know, nine, nine out of 10 times, I'd be right. Whereas now, you could receive someone's CV, they might be 26, 27, about four or five years of experience behind them. Mm-hmm. And you'd be automatically be thinking, okay, this person is going to be looking for, a, you know, maybe a career change and that they're going to be looking for a full-time MBA. But that's just not the case anymore. I, I, I'm seeing a lot of younger professionals who are unwilling to take that opportunity cost, if you will, of doing a full-time MBA. Right. I feel there's a lot of younger candidates now that are potentially maybe a bit more risk-averse mm-hmm. than people from 10, 15 years ago. And they are now looking at different types of programs. Equally on the full-time MBA you still see a good amount of candidates who would qualify for any top executive MBA from around the world, but for whatever reason, they want to do a full-time MBA program, okay? They might not want to do an internship like, you know, a 26, 27, 28-year-old, but they do want to immerse themselves into a full-time MBA. So I absolutely get the way that you positioned that question, Graham, but I genuinely feel now there's there's so many MBA options available to people now that they don't just fit into one area. Yeah. And it's a case of, in terms of my role, my colleagues' roles from other business schools, it's about having these conversations now with these candidates to ensure that they're finding the right program for their specific needs at that specific moment in their lives. Yeah, I think you know really well said, and I you know I think I kind of purposely wanted to have these buckets so that we could break down some of these barriers, and I I also think. I don't know about you, but I feel like a little bit the pandemic has shaped this too. Like I think that people's, um, we sort of had an accelerated um, advancement of, you know, uh, kind of online and, and you know, people's willingness to say, wow, I can do a lot of stuff, you know, remotely. I don't have to be in person necessarily. And, and so I guess, you know, that brings me to the next question, which is really about the delivery mechanisms, you know, so we have all these different flavors of program, whether it's, you know, executive, working professional, um, full-time young professional type MBA programs, but we also have the, you know, different ways that they could be delivered. So I think most people, you know, tuning in are familiar with the idea of going in person uh, on one campus to sort of, uh, you know, um, to, to get your experience for the MBA. Um, you also mentioned earlier in our conversation 
that, you know, Alliance Manchester has something that sounded like in-person, but with a rotation to various campuses across the globe. Um, there's also, as I alluded to earlier, kind of online offerings, just fully online, you know, uh, MBA programs. And then you have, I guess, what I would call blended or hybrid type um, opportunities. So what are your viewpoints on this? Because there are all these different delivery mechanisms. And I think, you know, again, the candidate needs to think this through too, in terms of what they would want. Yeah. And I think, I guess we're speaking now more about candidates who are looking at a part-time program or a professional MBA where they continue to work full-time. And you're exactly right. There's so many options now. And, and again, previously, I think schools, people like myself, we're guilty of thinking, okay, this person has to be an executive MBA student. This person has to be a distance learning student. But it just isn't necessarily the case anymore. You know, of course, there's a huge amount of online MBA programs. Actually, remember, you, you, you mentioned there the pandemic. I remember one of the last face-to-face events I did before the pandemic started was in February 2020, was in California. And I was speaking about the growth of online MBAs in the US. Mm -hmm. And that was just before the pandemic. (laughs) Now, of course, that will have increased even more so over the last couple of years. And, you know, an online MBA is a great option for a number of individuals because they don't need to go on campus. They could be doing an online MBA with a US school and they could be living in, you know, they could be living in Central Asia. They could be living in Africa. They could be living in in Europe. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But then as with most things, there are the positives, but there are also the negatives. What you do miss out on a fully online MBA is the face-to-face element. And then, you know, you've got MBA programs that have in-person teaching. Now, that in-person teaching will vary from program type to program type. So we could have let's say, a distance learning MBA or a blended hybrid that might have, say it's a two-year program, it could have a week at the beginning of the MBA and it could have a week at the end of the MBA. Right. So for example, Imperial, off the top of my head, would have one of those types of programs. Yeah. And again, that's going to work for a lot of people because you know exactly where you stand. Okay, okay, I can come for that week at the start and I can come for the week at the end of the two years. And that's going to work very well for a number of number of individuals. And then you've got, you know, more of what I would class the traditional in-person professional program. So that could be a part-time evening MBA or a part-time weekend MBA. I think what I would say about those part-time evening MBAs, etc., they're very local. So let's say you lived in San Francisco you're only really going to be doing a a part-time evening MBA in that city. Right. You're not going to be doing a part-time evening MBA in in, in Chicago, or or, or, you know what, even closer to home, even in LA, you wouldn't be doing that. Right. So I think the MBA application pool now are people who want maybe more global exposure. They don't want to just be with, with students who are from the exact same city as they are. And then, of course, you've got the traditional executive MBA type programs. Now, they usually have anywhere between, so they last between, what, 18 to 24 months. 
and they've often got, you know, 60, 70, 80, some of the top ones, even 90 days of face-to-face contact. Right. And I say to many candidates, if you're able to commit that amount of time to your MBA and you're able to, from a personal side of things, if your family is okay with you being away for that long, and you're able to, you know, executive MBAs, of course, come with a huge fee as well. Right. So if you if you can tick all those three boxes, I'm, I'm a big believer that an executive MBA is a great opportunity. The reality, though, is, Graham, how many people can be away for that amount of time from their family or from their office? Right, right. And that's, and that's without thinking of the fees. And then you've got maybe what is a blend of that online and a blend of the executive MBA where you would be coming on campus, you know, maybe three, four times a year in block residential periods. Mm -hmm. So that's the model we have on our Manchester Global MBA. I think that's one of the reasons why our program has grown so much over the years, because it does tick a lot of the boxes from, yes, it's got the online element. Yes, it's got the face-to-face element, but it's done in such a way that it's not too time-consuming from a professional or personal point of view. And I think you're going to be seeing the growth of the fully online MBAs. I think you're still seeing now business schools who like this blended model as well, because there's certainly an appetite that students want both elements of the online and in person. Right. And I I guess the other thing I was thinking about when you were talking earlier about part-time programs for working professionals, but in market where they just, you know, they go a couple nights a week or weekends, um, but they're not likely to be leaving their city. And the truth is that the student body is going to be somewhat homogenous, at least in its geography, you know, geographic <laughs> distribution, right? So um, I guess the question I would have for you is when we talk about these programs, like what you're describing, where there is some online, there is some in-person, but the in-person is more periodic and it's, you know, it's like, oh, come for a week um, and and be on campus. But, you know, it, it, people are coming from further afield, I would assume, like they're not all, you know, locals, right? It's it's really allows for you to have what I guess we see in the full-time MBA experience, which is a very diverse kind of student body, um, but, you know, in a more part-time setting. So is that fair to say? Like, are you, would the people that are in your program that you're speaking of, they're coming from all over the place, right? Absolutely. So I'll use Manchester as the example here, but this example can be used for many stroke, the majority of business schools who will have a similar type of program. So at any one time, we've got students who are based in between 90 to 100 countries on our professional MBA programs. Mm -hmm. And that's purely because of the way the program has been structured. Again, if I go back to when I started in the industry, you know, yeah, we did have a traditional path time evening MBA. And of course, you could only recruit people who were in that specific catchment area. So I think one of the great benefits of the different professional MBAs that are on the market now is that diversity that you're going to get. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think, yeah, we just live in a a world that allows for this kind of stuff to happen now. And um, so I guess there is, there's another thing that I wanted to ask you about, which is when we talk about these programs, particularly 
um, you know, the non kind of full-time because full-time programs, we know a class comes in, they spend their, you know, their, their year or two together and they graduate. And so it's, it's what I would refer to as kind of a cohorted experience where you're traveling through the program with a group of classmates, you build friendships and so on. Um, but when we get into the part-time stuff or even online or blended, then the question becomes one of, you know, do you have a specific group of classmates that you've been sort of cohorted with, or are students moving from start to finish at their own sort of custom or maybe loosely defined, you know, pace? And so would you be willing to speak to that? Because I think that's that's another thing that if I were a prospective student, I would want to be thinking about is, you know, am I going to have a group of classmates that I travel, you know, through this program with, or is it going to be a little bit more, you know, my own pacing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm in a very good place to answer that question because it's something I often speak with to a number of our candidates because funnily enough we've got both options available at Manchester so the way I approach it and how I'll answer this question here is we can look at the advantages but there's also the disadvantages as well one is not better than the other I think is the best way to start there so in terms of let's say the close cohort. So we have a close cohort on our global executive MBA. And one of the biggest benefits there undoubtedly is you're going to build such a strong network. And the key word there is strong. And the reason I say that is because you're taking every single class with the same group of people. So you're going to get to know them extremely well. Right. Of course, with those individuals, because you're going to know everything about them, you're going to form you know, very good friendships, personal connections, sorry, professional connections, etc. But then on the other side of that, on our Manchester Global MBA, so that's the one without the word executive, we operate a model where... We've got students in in Manchester, we've got students in Dubai, students in Singapore, students in Hong Kong. And how that works is you could come on campus and there's 30 people in the classroom. Keyword there is classroom, not in the whole class. So let's say you're on campus in April, there's 30 people in that room. Uh, You study the the week together, etc, etc. Then you come back in September. And in September, again, you're in a class of 30 But you maybe only recognize 12 people in that class. Right. And the other 17 people were not with you back in March, April, because they were in a different class. Now, what that is going to give you is a much larger network. Now, of course, there's a lot of benefits to that. Your network is growing exponentially, if you will, over a two-year period. And sometimes it's up to an individual to think, you know, what is potentially best for them there's advantages in both I'm sure you'd agree there Graham yeah and then I think what a lot of schools including Manchester would do is with regards to your electives you know you spoke about you know rotating to various campuses uh, earlier which I've not really touched on now you see a number of business schools now who have either different campuses or that they've got different partnerships with other business schools you know so we were almost one of the pioneers, if you will, in transnational education, because we opened our Hong Kong and Singapore campus back in 1992. So we've been doing it for a number of years. And the benefits of that is, of course, you're not only growing your network, but almost in a 
in a different country as well. And there's cultural benefits there as well. So that's the other thing to consider. And you would get that through your electives on many MBA programs that are offered around the world. Yeah, and I I personally, um, you know, I like this idea of the way you described it where, you know, you go to school uh, on a given campus, you're, you're on campus and in class and there are 30 people and you get to know them. And then you come back several months later and, you know, sure, you know, a handful of the folks in the class, but then there's a whole new group um, that you don't know. And I guess this sort of exponential, um, you know, growth of your network with each time that you dip in um, and out of a campus, you get, you know, this sort of, there are people you know, but then there are added people. So you're kind of growing that that network, which is a really interesting way, you know, to think of this. So um, yeah, well put, because I, I hadn't thought of it in those terms. And I think that's a good way um, to sort of, when you think about these two options, whether it's cohorted or more of a custom pace. The other thing I wanted to go back to, and I think we've touched on this a little bit, but I want to make sure we really um, underline it, is the fact that I think there's this misconception out there that the candidates, um, it's it's like only candidates who can attend an MBA that's far from home, um, you know, or something are the ones going full time, or or maybe they're targeting some of the very high ranked EMBA programs where they can just jet in and out once a month. But then everyone else in the pool that's looking at like sort of part time, you know, working professional type programs has to look in their own backyard. And I guess what I feel like I've been hearing from you is maybe that's not as true anymore, given some of these new program offerings. Yeah, definitely. You know, I can talk to you there, again, firsthand experience. So our global MBA, our students were on campus um, last week. So we've been back living face to face since, what, April, April 2021. And, you know, when I look at where our students come from, of course, we've got a, a significant amount from the UK, as you would expect with any other UK business school. Equally, you know, if you were speaking to someone who was based in the US, you would expect them to recruit a number of domestic students. So, of course, that's the case. But also, looking at our class profile, we've got students from a number of different countries across Europe, students from uh, a number of different countries across Africa, from Nigeria to Kenya to South Africa to Zambia. We've got students from South America and also a number of students from the US and students from Canada and also to people from Central Asia, from so the likes of Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan. And again, I'd say that is not something that is unique to Manchester, I don't think, in my opinion. I'm sure a number of business schools would be able to, to, to say the same thing. Right. And it's a really good point you make, Graham, because I think over the last few years, you know, we're in 2022 now and, 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 and beyond, when, when candidates are thinking of MBA programmes, I think they can be confident of having that global diversity in that classroom which is which is very important i think to a to a large percentage of prospective mba students these days yeah agreed um so i guess the other thing is and this is kind of why i wanted you to come on this show to to talk about program types because i i feel like in my experience over the years that um, Alliance Manchester Business School is really known for having this kind of broad portfolio of management education offerings. And we haven't even talked about like specialized masters, but you know, if you think about all the specialized masters offerings that you all have in the business education domain, 
plus your, you know, kind of full-time, um, quote, traditional, you know, MBA, and then all the different flavors of global, um, you know, MBA offerings and things like you just have a lot. So I was wondering if you might, um, I think you've done some of this, but just, can you give us the lay of the land on like what you guys offer? Um, and is there any program in particular that you think our listeners should have on their radar? Yeah, of course. So when it comes down to full-time options, so from, yeah, specialized masters to our full-time MBA, to our PhD program. So we do offer a number of full-time programs at, at Alliance Manchester Business School. I think we're now seeing a growth in the number of different professional programs that have been offered. Of course, we've had our global MBA since 1992. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as I said, it, it is now one of the biggest professional MBA programs in the world. But we've been diversifying as of late. To, we've now got the similar model to our global MBA, and we're trying to replicate it onto different specialized master's programs. So we've just recently launched a online financial management program that still has some face-to-face -face contact in it. Wow, okay. And then we have also recently launched our Manchester Global Executive MBA. Mm -hmm. So that's for candidates with, you know, generally speaking about over 10 years of experience. And in terms of what I think potential listeners might be interested in. I think full-time MBAs, there's so much information around in existence. You know, I think Clear Admit do a fantastic job in terms of helping schools market their full-time MBA programs from around the world. Mm. There's a number of other sources. And I just feel at the moment from speaking to that prospect pool, that there's still a lot of confusion about what options are available if you want to continue to work full time. And I think people need to move away from that mindset of, okay, I can only look at an executive MBA or I can only look at an online MBA or I can only look at a blended program. If you've made that decision that you want to continue to work whilst pursuing an MBA, then I say all those programs are on the table. All those programs offer advantages. You know, there's a, there's a lot of benefits to, to every single one of those program types. But what might work for one person will not work for another. We spoke in terms of the, the commitment in terms of days. We spoke about the online, you know, fully online. So what I would say is look at that professional MBA landscape holistically would be something I would maybe advise to some of your listeners. Yeah, well said. I mean, I, I think that, um, yeah, you're right. The the lines have been blurred. Um, and and so there, yeah, I, I think you're, the best advice, you know, is, yeah, it's sort of like, don't, don't rule out something just because of the way the models used to be. You know, it sounds like there's a lot more flexibility and ways for people to, you know, get their education. I did want to, um, I know we're, we're going to wrap up shortly here, but I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, I, I love, there's, there's a story about the history of management education in the United Kingdom that I always um, find interesting when people, when people tell it. And I think it's sort of not well known outside of the UK. So I wondered if you would just tell me a little bit about like Manchester's history 
in graduate management education. And like, if you could elaborate on like this link that exists between you guys and London Business School and what that's all about, because I think people don't know that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Graham. So, you know, as I'm sure a number of people already know, when we think of graduate management education, business education, undoubtedly the birthplace was the US. Right. And when we go back now to the 1960s, in terms of the UK, it has always had significantly prestigious universities from, you know, the University of Oxford to the University of Cambridge. And of course, you know, University of Manchester, University of London, etc., etc. Right. But at this time as well, there was such a growth in graduate schools in the US. And this was noticed by the UK government at the time. So what they did is they approached the University of London and they approached the University of Manchester and they asked both universities, could they set up standalone business schools? And then that led in 1965 to the inception of London Business School in the south of England and to Manchester Business School in the north of England. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so there you have it. The two first UK business schools to open was in was in 1965 and it was London Business School and Alliance Manchester Business School. Yeah. I actually put that on a quiz, uh, uh, you know, one of these lockdown Zoom quizzes recently. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it is. It's just an interesting story to me just because, you know, you're right. Most people think of, oh, the MBA was kind of born in the US, but um, I just thought it was fascinating how the UK government, you know, was like, hey, you know, we need to actually get going on management education as well. And that that led to the birth of, you know, your, your business school at Manchester and and, and LBS um, down in London as well. So just kind of some cool um, trivia there, uh, if people ever get that question on a, on a pop quiz too. Um, so I, I feel like I've learned a lot about the different you know, program types that exist and, and how it's sort of an evolving space. But um, anything else you want to share with our listeners about how they might go about making a choice and whether they should confine, confine themselves to like one sort of program? Or is it like a weird thing to apply concurrently to multiple program types? Yeah. So in terms of making a choice, I think the best piece of advice I can give there is to speak directly to business schools, mm -hmm. whether that's having a Zoom consultation. I'm pleased to say that myself and I think many colleagues from other business schools are going to be going back to doing some in-country events very shortly. Oh, great. That's great to hear. Yeah. So there's going to be opportunities to meet business schools face-to-face, -face, you know, from across the world, I think, in 2022 and beyond. And the reason I encourage people to do that is this industry is full of people like myself who are experts in this specific field who've got a wealth of experience and they do offer I think great advice to candidates and it's not always about if you know if someone speaks to me I'm absolutely not telling every single candidate to come to Manchester I'm happy to tell people have you looked at this program from X business school and I also know my colleagues from around the world do exactly the same as well mm -hmm. so you you do meet people who work at these business schools you know full of integrity etc and they'll give the right advice 
to candidates. So make use of these individuals would be one piece of advice I would offer. Mm -hmm. And in terms of you're saying about, you know, applying concurrently to multiple program types, again, I've seen this firsthand when it comes to professional MBA programs. You know, you'll have someone who is submitting an application, let's say, to INSEAD's Global Executive MBA. Mm -hmm. They're putting in an application for our Manchester Global MBA. They're putting in an application to UNC's fully online MBA. And there's three MBA programs there from three great business schools that have got three completely different models. Right. Now, you know, don't think that there's only one program type for you. Of course, think very carefully in terms of the structure that you want. And then if that means applying for, you know, three fully online MBAs, then so be it. Yeah, I think that's that's good advice. And I, I really appreciate you making time to sit down and, and talk about this. I know we, just to kind of recap, you know, we went through kind of full-time versus part-time. We went through what we used to define as like, oh, there's sort of young professional market versus a working professional versus executive and, and how those lines have been blurred in terms of what's on offer for each of those groups. Um, we talked about in-person rotating to different campuses. We talked about online or blended, um, cohorted programs versus custom pacing. Um, and yeah, just so many different ways to look at this. But I think the advice that you gave here um, that stands out to me at least is, you know, talking to, you know, admissions representatives and, and folks from these schools can be incredibly helpful. And you're right. I feel like anyone working in this domain tends to be, um, you know, it's, it's not just about promoting their own university. It's about promoting management education and, and helping, you know, young professionals or, you know, or executives find the right place to get the education they need. Um, and I found that to be true across the board. So yeah, just really good advice. And, and yeah, really appreciate you making time to chat about this. And yeah, hopefully those tuning in have now have a little bit of a better sense of, you know, what questions they should be asking themselves. And yeah, but I really appreciate your time on this, Chris. Cheers. Thank you very much, Graham. I've enjoyed it. And I hope the uh, listeners find it useful as well. Yeah, I'm sure that they will. Um, so thanks again for joining us. And everyone stay tuned. We have more episodes coming of the Clear Admit MBA Admissions podcast, and we will see you soon.